As co-heads of brand consulting and social impact at CAA, Aubrey Curtis and Liz Gray know how to share the shine. They offer unending advice on leadership, how to find your crew, and what a network full of sponsors and mentors really means for your career. You'll be better having heard this conversation, so tune in for the whole thing. Let's go. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Aubrey Curtis and Liz Gray, who are co-heads of Global Brand Consulting and Social Impact at CAA. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. We're excited. You know, this is my first double interview, like my first two guest interview. So this really? is be a lot of fun. Great. That's oh, awesome. Okay. We like, like being yeah. the first. At exactly. <laughs> being the first anything is amazing. So <laughs> you guys are, uh, are breaking barriers here on the pod. And what I love is that you're co-heads of this business unit. So I first want to kick it to each of you to introduce yourself to the audience who you are, what you do, and briefly how you got there. Well, thank you again. Um, good to be connected and and talking and uh, appreciate certainly the time of, of your listeners as well. So um, my name is Aubrey Curtis. I am a, a brand marketer. I'm a strategist and a fierce uh, social impact warrior. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that. I, as as you mentioned, uh, co-lead this amazing team of about 250 people around the globe in helping our clients um, advance their interests in culture, you know, creating meaning in culture um, through the lens of a brand, creating intersections and connections with consumers, people through their passion for culture. And that includes obviously the world of sport of entertainment, um, and, and multiple verticals, including impact, um, you know, underneath that. So in terms of what we do day to day, we are overseeing, um, this incredible business and it has grown immensely, um, in the past three years, three plus years since we've been running it. Um, Liz and I, uh, share the co-head seat with two others, um, uh, two gentlemen by the name of Seth Jacobs and Jeff Eccleston. And, you know, we are a part of a bigger company that is the most incredible company that really is in the space of shaping and defining the zeitgeist, um, what people are talking about, listening to, thinking about, watching, where they're getting their entertainment, the the sports teams that they're in love with. um, That's what our broader business does. And so we have an incredible and fortunate position to be able to use and leverage all of that work. Um, to provide um, the most incredible insight and access to our brand clients. And we can get into the impact side of things a little bit more later, but um, we have such an influential company that part of my mission as a marketer, as an executive, as a leader is to make sure that 
um, the influence that we have as a company matches the impact that we have on the world. So that's why I've been at CAA for 21 years and believe it's an incredible place to have not just a job, but a career. I love it. Thank you, Aubrey. Liz, let's hear, let's hear your story. Um, well, as Aubrey said, I'm happy to be co-leading um, this exciting division with her and our, our two other partners. I have actually had, you know, not quite as linear a path, but I think if I had to define myself, um, my passion has always really been about understanding the consumer and culture and where it's headed. So really looking at where tech innovation is meeting current cultural realities and then, you know, building brand strategy from that. Um, and it's certainly the role that that I've had the, the fortune of playing, whether starting off at ESPN or or actually moving to CA the first time based on the fact that they bought a trend forecasting company that we worked with at ESPN. And then obviously our work today um, as culture has sped up, you know, that kind of work and understanding um, has become, you know, more and more important. So excited to be here and part of the conversation today. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's interesting how Aubrey, you've been there for 21 years, you know, Liz, you've had this, this diverse, um, set of experiences that all sort of share one common theme that have, are now really impacting your work today. And there's there's so much that I'm curious about in your roles. And Aubrey, I want to start with you. You've told me about your partnership with your colleague, Judy Ann, and of course, with, with Liz and how you divide and conquer, pick each other up when the other has a different focus. So how do you develop this dynamic and what advice do you have for our listeners on how they can become better partners with their colleagues? Yeah, well, um, I, you know, I strive to be a good partner in all things. Hopefully my husband <laughs> would say that I am on the, on the domestic side of, uh, of the partnership front. You know, I think I happen to have been, and some of this is part of the reason I've been at CA so long, I happen to have been incredibly fortunate to um, encounter, you know, by luck, mostly, um, uh, and and have the ability to work with, you know, some of the best people, I would say overall, men and women, um, the smartest and most driven um, individuals. Um, and I think, you know, by and large, people who have left the company have always come back and said, you know, the people that work there are just the best of the best. They're incredible thinkers and doers and uh, connectors. And, but in particular, you know, I think, you know, a handful of the women that I've had the fortune of, of working with um, and, and two, you've mentioned obviously Liz here with me today, but also Judy Ann Williams have, you know, really had profound shaping roles in, in my career. Um, and I think, you know, I never, I would say I've never really felt like I've had a mentor, um, in my career. And I think early, early days of my career, I was looking for that. But what I've found is that in some cases you may not need that when you have partners and people that you, you know, have come from different backgrounds, like, you know, Liz shared or have experiences in other places, like Judy came from another division of the company. And those things can shape how you see yourself and, and how you reflect on your own career. And so, you know, I am a firm believer that the women in, in my career have 
helped me become who I am. And I don't think that I would be here or have the career I've had were it not for some of these, you know, for, for Judy in particular. Um, but now, you know, Liz and I have been very, very closely, <laughs> tightly working together for the past three plus years. And I, I feel incredibly grateful on the professional front, but also just in terms of, you know, my interaction with them as humans and their support of me and and hopefully my support of them. So I guess that just scratches the surface of a little bit of your question. Um, but I, I, at one point said, I think I should write a book on partnership and leadership with women. And that, um, you know, I always heard the anecdote that, you know, once there were three women in a room, like that was critical mass and that could, you know, create change for women in, in C-suite or executive level roles. But I think, you know, and I'm sure there's statistically reasons why they say that, but I think, I think, you know, partnership is, has been enough for me in, in effectuating change and, and driving my career and driving effectiveness and what we're doing, um, in any room forward. So just really grateful for, um, you know, the forces that they are as people in my professional career. Well, I have to say, Aubrey, that you attract what you are. (laughs) So it's no surprise that uh, those smart, intelligent, you know, best people in the room have been attracted to you and, and you formed those, those amazing partnerships. And for Liz, before your role with CAA, you were chief mindset officer at the female quotient. So one, this is an interesting title and we want to hear more, but two, can you talk about the advances that the FQ has made in achieving gender equality in the workplace? Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about that. And so much of my work there ties into everything that Aubrey just shared. And I do need to just comment just because it ties into to everything Aubrey was talking about. One of the, the, the main, if not the main reason that I am back at CA is is thanks to Aubrey and Judy Ann for, for that matter. And I think it is those relationships that you build and that trust that you build over the years. Um, and it is those people that are speaking on your behalf in rooms that you're not in that are so meaningful. And I think that does come from building trust. And, and a lot of my work um, at the Female Quotient Female Quotient was started by a woman named Shelly Zalis, who I can't say enough wonderful things about. And it really came out of a need um, that she saw in the marketplace when she was going to events, whether that was CES or any other big conference where she didn't feel like there was enough women there. And so she started the Female Quotient really to drive conversation about um, equity in the workplace. When I joined, um, and I had known Shelly for a long time because you know my background has been mostly research. She had an entertainment research um, company that was also hugely successful. I went over as chief mindset officer, which was not a title that I, I chose. However, did make sense in that most of my role has always been about understanding people's mindset and how that is impacting culture. And in my role at the Female Quotient, although they focused a lot on workplace, I continued to focus on brands and their outward facing initiatives. Um, So working with 
companies like Mattel on proving the business case for the genderless doll, doing the research and strategy around that, you know, projects that I was very, very passionate about and, and loved. Um, and loved that we were starting to really develop metrics around, you know, how can we start to measure some of these things? So there's a GEM score now, the gender equality metrics, that was a lot of my work there. And at the time, really just forming collectives, mostly of women, but there were, you know, certainly male executives involved as well. It was um, the first time, at least that I was a part of true collectives about talking about these issues of diversity and inclusion and advancing them forward. And truly at the time where I started to talk to Aubrey and Judy Ann more and, and certainly um, Vino and Paul and everyone within sports, it was um, an opportunity to have even more, more impact just because I did recognize the power of not only brands to advance change, but certainly within what I felt was, you know, um, the best company to be at. So um, it was work that I'm certainly passionate about and, and can't speak highly enough of Shelly. Yeah. And what does it mean to the both of you to be co-heads of global brand consulting and social impact? And how do you divide that leadership role or do you, you know, what, what does that landscape look like um, as you're leading 250 people around the globe? Liz, do you want to take that one? <laughs> no, you go first. I'll go second. Well, I guess there's the, the you know, uh, what is it, what does it mean for me at sort of the root of who I am as a, as a person. And then there's the question of what is leading that group of people mean for, you know, us as a leadership unit. And so I'll just start with first is first, you know, 21 years at a company, I, I started at the bottom of the bottom. Like, you know, I was, I came into the, into the company with just a little bit of work experience before and, you know, was, was answering phones, you know? So I say, you know, like Drake started at the bottom. Now we're here. Right. Like, so, so, so I, it's just the realization of like such professional dreams to say you could start somewhere, you know, answering somebody's phones and make it all the way to running the thing that, you know, being a part of a leadership team that, at a company that you've dreamed about, you know, sitting in that chair and and looking ahead of you and saying, how do I get to that next, you know, mile marker? How do I, how do I keep myself, you know, ahead and, and push myself more and, and what is ahead and do I want that? And do I want something else? And so it's, you know, for me, the, the, really the culmination of a of 20 plus year dream to do this and, and, you know, there have been iterations of what we do at this company before now, but I, you know, I said when I got in, into this leadership seat, you know, I know it's not mine forever, but while I'm here, like, I want this to be the group that I always wanted to work in, like that, you know, that we had tried and failed in some cases with previous leadership to make. Um, I want to accomplish that for the people that work for us. And then I guess just to answer the, you know, what does it mean for the four of us and how do we divide our role? You know, it's much like a, a good marriage, you know, <laughs> like you, you look at what your tasks are in front of you and say, who's got what and who's going to be where and how do we do this? And what's the bigger vision for what we want to do with this group? And 
Um, I, I would say that I think the four of us are all um, low ego, um, good people. And, you know, we were in arranged marriage. We were not, um, we did not choose one another. So that's an interesting sort of, somebody will analyze that one day and say, you know, um, is that, is that a recipe for, for success? We hope so. We think so. We're, we're doing, I think a good job, but the role sort is dynamic. I think we all are aware of what one another like to do, what we're good at. And we try to, um, be deferential when we need to be, but also be firm when we have to be. Um, but it's a work in progress, like any good, um, relationship, uh, with anyone else. And, you know, I think on our good days, we, we keep in mind that, our function and how we show up directly impacts and reflects on the culture of the group, how people feel about themselves and their own job. And so that keeps us in check, you know, pretty, pretty well. Liz, I don't know if you want to expand. No, I mean, well, I, I completely agree um, with everything that you shared. You know, I think the four of us all understand that our job is to develop the strategy and growth of this global team. And there are a lot of things that feed into that. And we try and um, divide and conquer, whether it's, you know, it's everything from obviously the operations. Um, you know, we started with the, the values and culture that we wanted to build, the brand, innovation, and all of those pieces are things that we're trying to, to divide up. And, and certainly for me personally, I, I still have my like pinch me moments because this role for me really is and has pushed me to take all of my experience over the years and really bring it together in a meaningful way. And there's been a lot of areas I had to push myself in, you know, and I feel fortunate at this point in my career to still feel challenged and invigorated. And so it, it's been an exciting opportunity and one I'm, I'm proud, proud to be sharing with Aubrey. Yeah, well, and I, the, the way that each of you answered the question is really the way that it makes it successful. You said low ego, good people play to your strengths. And, you know, each of you just in your answers, supporting the team versus the I um, is really astounding for, you know, the level of position and of impact that you hold. And I really hope that our listeners heard that and can see that as a leadership lesson in itself. There had to be a few hurdles that you've overcame in your career to, to get to where you are. So I'm going to toss that question to each of you to share a hurdle that you've had to overcome uh, that helped you build resilience and get to where you are today. Well, Liz is my, is my sage guide through a lot of my hurdles, so I'll let her start. <laughs> Well, and I don't even know if I am, but honestly, when I really thought about this question, for me, it truly has been imposter syndrome, my own imposter syndrome. And I don't know if I can say this. Well, Shelly, who I, I mentioned earlier, would always say, shut that bitch up in your head to every female and not, and I'm sure there are men that also suffer from it, but my biggest hurdle I feel might have been myself along the way. And now I make a very big effort um, and Aubrey, you know, working with, with women like Aubrey is a huge help to getting over that and reminding myself that 
I worked really hard to get here and that I deserve to be here. And I think getting comfortable, you know, when I took over this role where I came from, I used to always have plenty of time to, I'm an over-preparer. And I had to learn that there are going to be times and things where we have to move quickly and I'm going to have to rely on my experience to date to make big decisions. And um, so for me, it's been my own probably internal demons that have been my biggest hurdle. I laughed and sort of head nodded because I literally wrote in all caps, just so jotted down a few imposter syndrome. I mean, I think um, at a company that values new perspectives, and I would say values youth to some extent, because like, honestly, Hollywood (laughs) does, but coming up on the entertainment side of the business, I was often put in rooms way ahead of me ever having the tenure to, or resume, frankly, to be put in those rooms. But that's, you know, how the company runs. We work in teams, you know, the older agents or executives bring on you know, younger folks to learn and to grow until they build their own book of business, that sort of thing. So I was often put in those rooms really early and, and sometimes was very intimidated, um, by, you know, who I was, who I was speaking to. And I remember it was like, you know, in my twenties, like wishing for like a few gray hairs or something, just so I could look a little, you know, I got a round baby face and the whole thing, like, you know, maybe look a little older. So people would, you know, take me seriously. And now that I have all the gray hairs, um, you know, you're like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? But I, yeah, I agree with Liz. And I think it's a, I think, unfortunately, a common theme with women. And I wish, and I hope for my daughter, I can talk her out of that imposter syndrome um, in any space, um, especially ones that, like Liz said, like, you know, we've earned, um, we know, we know how to do this and we have good instincts. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, we have the right intentions for, for our clients, for our business, for our people. And, uh, so yeah, funny that we had the same answer. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's so common. And even for me, it, it comes and goes like there's moments where, I have this unbelievable strength and confidence in some of the most difficult situations. And then in some of the easier situations, the imposter syndrome sinks in. It's like, it's so bizarre how it wavers. And you laid out some really good advice on, you know, having some great women in your corner to support you and to put those mantras in your head uh, to remind yourself, like, you deserve this. You worked hard to get here. And you know, it's your, your turn to show up and, and to shine. And there's been a lot of leadership lessons, you know, no doubt that have already been woven throughout this conversation. Is there one that, that you want to share specifically with the audience who are either leaders right now who need a reminder or younger women in their career that are looking to get into a leadership role uh, over the next several years? I mean, I think, I think that, uh, in the world of, you know, business leadership books and business discussions, you know, um, lexicon is important. The, the language with how we describe, you know, people and situations. And I think that leadership is talked about in such a singular way as if it, there's like a, a monolith of like how you describe what a leader is and, you know, one of the things when we took over running this business, we said we deliberately 
call ourselves management and, and management is a real, also really kind of a dirty word in business too, because it sounds not so fun and not so great, but we did not want to call ourselves the leaders, necessarily the leaders of the group, because we don't think that that's ours to, to say we are, we want to be leaders because people see us as leaders. We want to be called someone's leader, someone's, you know, um, boss or leader because they feel that way about us. So we are managers or keepers of caregivers, caretakers of this business. I would say that we tell our team that leadership is at every level. So don't think of it as a destination. Think of it as part of the journey and finding leadership roles or small ways that you can take leadership within your current position. And whether that's just being more proactive than the next person on on something, spending a little bit more time to be a a, a learner and and an expert on something um, and showing up with that expertise or, you know, just caring more deeply about the issue or the people around you or the, the challenge that you're facing at work, that's leadership. Um, and so we really want our team to believe that and see that in themselves. And, and so my leadership style is I, is I want to give the best to other people and give them opportunities and find ways to not center myself always in conversations or in opportunities and to find the way we always talk about sharing the shine. Judy Ann says that a lot, share the shine. Um, and you know, I think that that's, that's how I see it. It's not a singular thing. It's very intersectional at different parts of your career. Absolutely. I I agree. And when, when I look back at my career, a couple of things that I wish I had done sooner. And I think that Aubrey and I, uh, and our partners, Jeff and Seth spent a lot of time focused on developing in our young people is earlier on understanding what are my strengths? You know, I think I spent a lot of years trying to change things that I didn't have rather than leaning into areas where I was strong and learning how to translate those strengths into the current task ahead of me. So that's, that's one thing that I certainly focus on. Um, I think understanding what success looks like. I think we often don't have enough conversations with those that we're reporting to, to understand what is going to get me to the next level. What does success look like? Because I could go focus on something that that really isn't going to have, you know, bigger impact on my career. And I think, I think those are the two main things. And then the last thing is really understanding the difference between mentor and sponsors. You know, I, I really think um, you'll have a lot of mentors in your career and in your personal life, but really understanding who are those people, like I mentioned, Aubrey earlier, you know, speaking up on my behalf in rooms I'm not in. I think it's important to identify those people and and be sharing what you're doing, the value you're bringing. So those would be three big takeaways for me. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. 
If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. Oh, that's phenomenal. And I, I love that you brought up mentors versus sponsors. And often I think we're really very focused and maybe the conversation is just so focused on mentorship and finding that perfect person to be your North star. Um, but really thinking about sponsors, that's probably going to make a larger impact in your career. Like who's mentioning your name when you're not there, who is wanting to make those introductions for you. And, and that could be, that's a plural sponsors. So the, the exponential impact of, of those people that are your champions is going to make an in, incredible impact. You guys are global, global partnerships. What are the three keys to managing global operations? Have um, a good uh, airline status. <laughs> Or you're going to get one very quickly. <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, we inherited a business that was international. I don't think it was necessarily global and kind of understanding the distinction of, you know, of, of those two things. Um, and then also, um, you know, trying to um, think about and how to build kind of a universal culture. Some of the things that Liz mentioned are values, like those things are translatable um, uh, uh, and transferable around the world. Clients are are people and humans in any um, country that they come from, but certainly there's cultural nuances that you need to be comfortable learning and, and taking a step back and, and working with our team in those markets to understand where we might be seeing something through a different lens. I think that that's a really important part of it. And just really that, you know, the world is huge, but it continues to 
feel smaller. Um, the world of sports and entertainment in particular, you know, you look at the world of sports and sort of the um, globality of, of, of um, owners and leagues and, you know, owners from different countries, you know, buying into leagues or teams in, in, you know, countries not of their origin to leagues that are transferring the game or their values around the globe. I, you know, I can't remember a time where, um, you know, sports has felt more global and more tightly connected globally. Um, and obviously the business of entertainment in some cases has always been a very global business an export business, but now we see a lot more importing of entertainment formats and concepts and, um, you know, around the globe as well. So I think we try to find kind of what are universal truths? How do we operate our, our business with this, with a similar set of value, but values, but also understanding that, um, we need to be learners and, and center the people that understand the cultural nuances and understand where there might be differences and where we might, as U.S.-based leaders need to really um, defer um, and and put you know put the power in our people's hands. Um, so those are a few, a few things that I think have been successful for us as we've been leading a more um, global enterprise. Yeah, I completely agree, and don't have too much to add except to say, um, to Aubrey's point, early on we leveraged a lot of tech to make sure that the connectivity and collaboration was happening very seamlessly. Um, I think at the end of the day, we, we are always looking to be as fluid as the world in which the brands we're servicing are existing. And so a lot of the decisions we make on, on how we are functioning as a team is, is just wanting to be reflective of the world that we know we have to build a strategy um, for on behalf of our client. So how much do you think your personal confidence comes into play to get the job done? We've talked on one end of the spectrum of imposter syndrome, but completely opposite of that is this confidence that you have to have in your work and your ability to get the job done. So how much has that played into getting you to where you are today? I think, I think a lot. And I don't always think it has to be you know, necessarily in overt confidence as much as um, I do think you can set early on in your career certain goals of how you're going to show up, how you're going to engage, how you're going to lean on your, your partners. Um, and then I, for me personally, preparation is key to confidence and something that is always I, you will rarely see me show up for something not having prepared. And I think it's important for me. It comes from, Aubrey pointed out earlier, to become an expert in something, you know, make it your job to understand what the, you know, the, what you're trying to achieve and how best to get there. There are certainly those days though, where you feel like you're faking it. And, and um, I think that's when you can lean on those um, support systems that you have in place, which I think are essential, especially in this business. Yeah, I love all that. I, I'll just add that I think the brilliance of the place in which we work is that you pointed out earlier, Emily, like the the uh, pronoun we versus I, we are taught that from, you know, from the time you join, 
that, you know, you, you don't want to be the, on the end of a bad I email. <laughs> if something goes wrong, it's much easier to say, we did that. We, you know, we failed in that regard, or we won in that regard. And, um, you know, we, we try to tell our people that when you are part of a, we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a collective win or failure and think that that inspires confidence to some extent. And then really it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, and if you have kind of the, the team behind you and the ability to say, I don't know, then, you know, then, then you can walk in there into any room and feel like I can navigate my way through this because the worst that's going to happen, you know, happen is we say, I don't know. And guess what? You know, the place we work, we've got you know, 3000 colleagues who probably have the answer. So I don't know, and I'm willing to go get it and find the person that I know will be able to help you. And so that, I think that inspires a lot of confidence as well, um, at least for our people and certainly for me over the years. Yeah, Liz, I think you touched um, a little bit on painting that picture of your future self and then becoming that woman, setting those goals earlier in your career on how you wanted to show up and then working into becoming that person. And then Aubrey, you really represented the no I in team saying like, you can maintain your confidence, knowing that you don't have to know it all and have it all. You can lean on your teammates for support and feel confident that they will come to, you know, help you get the win. So um, I, I love that. I think that represents just the full spectrum of, of finding confidence and success in the workplace. And speaking of the workplace, you guys are in uh, headquartered in NYC. So tell us where in the world you are today and kind of what life looks like for you. You're also both mothers and just curious about um, your your busy lives and uh, and what you're doing each day. Well, I always say to Liz, she's going to get mad at me. <laughs> I always like, Liz, you need to lead with the fact that you are a mom of five kids. Because I just don't know how you can get dressed in the morning and get out the door. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm literally in awe of her. I only have two. I live in suburban New Jersey, so just outside of the city. But yeah, I mean, I think that question is best directed at Liz of, of like, you know, what's life like? Because I, you know, I get the stories from the gray household and they're, they're entertaining. <laughs> Well, well, which is exactly why I don't lead with, I have five kids because I think I might make people nervous because I'm not one of those moms of, of five that like is super, or like, it's funny. Some of the, the strengths I bring to work, I don't necessarily bring to, to my home life, but you know, as you said, Aubrey and I are based in the city, but I live out um, actually on Long Island in a little beach town called Point Lookout. And for me, it really is quiet, sleepy little beach town. So for me, the perfect antidote to kind of a long day in the city. And, you know, I think we probably all three of us get asked a lot about balance, which is never something that I think is achievable. But I do think I've gotten better over the years of just going, knowing when I need to lean into my career, my, my role, and when my family needs to you know, I need to, to lean in there. Of course, your your family, your your personal life always has to be a priority. 
Um, but I will say what has been incredible for me in this partnership um, with Aubrey is the ability to show up as my whole self. And I don't think I've had that my entire career, whether that was self-inflicted or not. Um, but it is something that I'm really embracing today, um, where showing up as, as your whole self is is crucial. And I know much easier said, you know, much easier for just to say I'm a mom than, than some other things that people might not be bringing to work. Um, but I think it's crucial to creativity, to being um, able to accomplish the things that you want to in both your personal and professional life. Plus, I think being a mom of any number of children automatically makes you like a superhero because you don't realize how much you can do and how much your world can expand until you expand your family. And um, I love that you too, you know, doing it all, so to speak, and doing it all on your terms, showing up authentically as your whole self and really just being great leaders in this industry. And um, I'm grateful to, to both of you. And I want to wrap this up with the final four questions. Quick hitters. We'll do Aubrey and Liz in the order. So Aubrey, you got to go first on, on every answer and then kick it to Liz. And then I'll ask the next question. So what is your top piece of advice for women today to level up tomorrow? What do we do today? Find your crew, you know, find your partner, find your crew, find your supporters, you know, as evidenced by, by what we spoke about today, you got to have your, your backer and your publicist and your um, cheerleader and those will be the key to everything. So find that crew early, keep them tight, stay connected to them, you know, and, and continue to, to build your network in a way that to Liz's point fills you up professionally, but also allows you to show up as, as who you are. I love that. I'll just add to it to read, listen, watch. I also think lift as you climb, because that's a big part of paying it forward and what will fill you up seeing others, you know, behind you succeed. Where are you each traveling to next? This is a good week to ask us this spring break week. Um, I'm heading to Miami tomorrow. Um, it's the inaugural race of the NCL, which is the National Cycling League is a league that we've been supporting since it started. And the premise on which it's building is around men and women's pay equity. Um, and they are teams of professional men and women racing together as a team where the women are paid the same as the men. So that's their first race down in Miami, um, Saturday. I'm excited to go. And my, my kids are coming along. So they get to see what that looks like too. That is awesome. I love that. Um, I will, the, my next trip will be LA for world Congress of sports. So not next week, the week after I'll have some personal travel in there, but, um, next work one is LA. And what is each of your pump up songs? If you've got to get hyped up, what are you playing? Anything by, but um, Real Love by Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige just oozes the like confident, like just get it done, know yourself kind of energy and spirit. I've loved her since, you know, way back in the day. And, and Real Love is a song that just gets me up out of my seat. Oh, I love that. I'm going to go respect. I have a lot and it really <laughs> depends on my mood and um, where I am mentally, but I'm going to go with respect. Aretha Franklin, because we've earned it, ladies. 
And finally, what is your favorite quote? See, this is so hard for me because um, I I have so many pinned to like my Pinterest board or my Instagram. I don't know that I have a favorite quote. And I know this is not (laughs) the answer you want. There's so much great wisdom out there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to defer on this one. I, I, you know, I was looking for quotes and helping my daughter with something um, at school and there, you know, quotes about lifelong learning and, and, you know, staying a learner. I think a lot of those are really inspiring, you know, a lot of marketing messages, just do it. No, no, you're, you know, you're worth it. Um, those kinds of things that stick in my head, I think as brand marketers quotes, just fill up your brain. So Liz, I'm interested. In I, I agree. I have a lot, but I'll give two since, um, Ob's deferred, um, one of them, which I always use um, personally and professionally, is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, so go for it. And then the second one actually comes from someone that we used to work with. The only reason I saw the quote is because Aubrey nicely forwarded me the email, but it stuck out um, because it said, don't manage your expectations. And I, I think that everyone should be applying that to themselves. Don't manage your expectations about yourself because I guarantee you can go farther than you, than you realize. See, I'm forwarding quotes. <laughs> forwarding <too> quotes. <laughs> Aubrey, I think we like initially bonded over our love of quotes because they're literally plastered all yeah. over. And it's why it's the question on this podcast, because everyone, you know, even depending on the day, like people will bring a different perspective and remind you of, of something that can help lead you forward. So uh, you both have done that today. You've showed up as the incredible female leaders that you are. Thank you so much for sharing your voice and your wisdom on the Leadership is Female podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, leadership is at every level. Don't think of it as a destination. Number two, understand your strengths and lean in to those strengths to translate them to the task ahead of you versus focusing on what you are lacking. Number three, sponsors are people who are speaking on your behalf in rooms that you are not in. Think about building your network that does not only include mentors, but sponsors. And number four, have a low ego. Know the strengths of your teammates and share the shine. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership is Female. Now, take this lesson and run. Let's go. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.